Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. There are people who are perishing in relationships, in their finances, in their careers, in every area of their life because they haven't learned the secret for living well. And that secret in a word is the word wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom is the key that unlocks the door to experiencing God's best in every area of our life. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, everyone wants to experience some sort of success in life, but a lot of the time we feel frustrated by our inability to achieve it. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress turns to the book of Proverbs for some counterintuitive principles for extraordinary success. It's a new series called The Solomon Secrets. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. On this very first day of March, we're introducing a new series on Pathway to Victory. It's called The Solomon Secrets, 10 Keys to Extraordinary Success in Life. Most people venture into life without a game plan. Until they reach a barrier or confront a crisis, they don't think to consult the owner's manual. Well, Solomon's ancient book of Proverbs contains pearls of wisdom just waiting to be discovered. And over the next several weeks, we'll survey 10 hot topics that all of us deal with, including things like managing our finances, dealing with personal failure, keeping our cool when things get hot, and overcoming fear. In addition to this broadcast series, Pathway to Victory is offering a number of helpful resources so that you can dig deeper on your own. The first is my best-selling book, also titled The Solomon Secrets. A copy is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Now, in addition to my book, I've written a booklet for the teen or young adult in your life. It's 44 pages in length and contains a wealth of biblical insight on relevant topics such as coping with peer pressure, cultivating healthy friendships, and advice on dating. This booklet called Timeless Wisdom from Proverbs is my gift to you when you simply request your complimentary copy by going to ptv.org. Now, I'm eager to get right into the subject at hand today. The first message in the Solomon Secret series is titled, The Art of Living Well. When I say the phrase, living well, what images come to your mind? For you, what does living well, living really well mean? For some people, that phrase would conjure up images of weekend jaunts to Paris and month-long vacations in the Caribbean or a garage filled with luxury automobiles or a bulging portfolio of stocks and bonds, so much money you never have to work again and you can tell your boss what you really think of him. For many people, that would be living well. Other people say, well, no, when I think about living well, I don't think about materialistic things. I, I think about rising to the top of my uh, company that I'm working in. Or I think about accumulating enough assets so I could take off work for a year and work as a missionary in a third world country. To me, that's what living well would be. Other people would say, well, when I think about living well, I don't think about vocational success or material success. I think about relationships. For me, living well means having 
two or three friends I can enjoy and I know love me unconditionally. Or living well for me means having a satisfying, fulfilling relationship with my mate and my children. Regardless of how you define living well, I have some good news and some bad news. Which would you like to hear first? Well, let me tell you the bad news and get that out of the way. The bad news is you're probably not going to acquire all of the material possessions, experience all the vocational success, enjoy all the relationship success that you've ever dreamed of. That's the bad news. The good news is you can have more than you have right now. You don't have to occupy the same rut you're existing in for the rest of your life. In fact, I want to make a money-back guarantee as we begin a brand new series that you can take to the bank. And here's the guarantee. If you discover and apply the 10 secrets for success that we're going to talk about over these next 10 weeks, I absolutely promise you that you will experience greater financial stability than you ever thought possible. You'll enjoy more fulfilling relationships than you ever dreamed of. You will realize more of your goals than you ever thought possible in your life. How can I make such a guarantee? Because the principles for success we're going to talk about in this series is not based on my wisdom or even on the collected wisdom of the ages. These success secrets come straight from the Word of God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Proverbs as we begin this brand new series entitled The Solomon Secrets, 10 Keys for Extraordinary Success in Life. Now, I realize whenever I start using the word success and God in the same sentence, some of you start to get very nervous. The idea of success in God kind of conjures up images of the televangelists from the 1980s with the big hair. Remember them and the prosperity gospel uh, that they espoused that said, it is God's will for every Christian to be healthy and wealthy and free of problems. And of course, those evangelists were discredited uh, for their teaching. But that teaching hasn't stopped. You find the same heresy today, different heretics, but the same heresy. Uh, the prosperity gospel. But you know, the proponents of the prosperity gospel were not only guilty of bilking their followers out of millions of dollars, but they also stole from us an important truth that we need to reclaim and rediscover. And that truth is God does want you to be successful. Did you know that? God wants you to be successful in every part of your life. He wants you to experience success with your finances. He wants you to experience success in your relationships, in your works, and in your goals. You say, now, Pastor, how do you know that? Because I read the Bible. Well, let me point you to a few places in Scripture where God clearly says he wants you to experience success. He wants you to experience prosperity. Listen in the Old Testament to Deuteronomy 29, verse 9. God said, so keep the words of this covenant to do them that you may, what? Prosper in all that you do. Or Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have, there it is again, success. Or in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, 
The psalmist is talking about the godly person. And it says he will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he what? Prospers. Are you starting to get the picture? Prosper, prosper, prosper success. Now, I know we have a church filled with theological experts here. So some of you may say, some of you seminary professors, well, I know, Robert, but you know better than that. You know, that's the Old Testament. That's related to God's covenant promises with Israel. God promised Israel to make her successful if she followed all of God's laws, but that doesn't refer to us today. We're in the New Testament, and there's nothing in the New Testament in which God promises prosperity to those who follow him. Well, think again, Durwood. Let's see where, in fact, the Bible says that. In the New Testament, 3 John, for example, verse 2, listen to what John the Apostle said. 3 John, verse 2, he was talking to his friend Gaius, and he said, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may, there it is, prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. John said, Gaius, I want your soul, your spirit, your relationship to God to prosper. But I'm not going to limit it to just that. I want you to prosper. I want you to experience success in every area of your life. Yes, God wants you and me to be prosperous, successful. The key is defining by what God means when he uses the word prosperous and success. You see, we make a mistake when we limit prosperity in the Bible to financial success. Yes, God does want you to experience greater success, stability in your finances than you would experience by ignoring God's word, but it doesn't stop there. God not only wants you to experience financial stability, he wants you to experience fulfilled relationships, success in your God-given plans, success in your career. And the good news is we don't have to wait until we die to experience the benefits of following God. Did you know a lot of people think that? A lot of Christians even think, well, all of the benefits of being a Christ follower are after I die. No. The Bible says we can experience many of the benefits of following God right now. You see, we make a serious mistake when we draw this dichotomy between this life on this side of the grave and life on the other side of the grave. But God sees our life as a continuum that begins right now and extends throughout eternity. C.S. Lewis wrote an essay entitled Transposition in which he says he went into a dark tool shed one time and he noticed a beam of light coming through the window into that darkened tool shed. And he said at first he looked at that beam of light and all of the uh, specks of dust that it illuminated. But then after looking at the beam of light, he started looking along the beam of light and noted that it went outside the window, window, past a large tree, all the way into heavens, all the way up to the sun, 93 million miles away. See, eternal life is like that beam of light. It starts right now, but it doesn't end in this life. It goes on and on and on throughout eternity. And God's plan for your life is that you experience success throughout your eternal life, not just that part that occurs after you're dead. Jesus said in John 10, 10, for I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Eternal life is not just a quantity of life. It is a quality of life that comes to those who follow God's principles for living. 
And that brings me to a definition of what I mean by living well. I want you to write this down on your outlines. Don't just stare at me, write this down. What do we mean by living well? Living well means experiencing God's best for every area of my life. Living well is experiencing God's best for every area of my life. Let me ask you a question this morning. As you look at your financial balance sheet, as you look at your relationship with your family, as you look at your marriage, as you look at your career, can you honestly say, this is as good as it gets. God has nothing more in store for me than what I'm experiencing right now. Few of us could say that. All of us know God wants us to experience more in how we handle our money. He wants us to experience more in fulfilling relationships. He wants us to experience more in the realization of our dreams. He wants us to experience more in our relationship with him. That's what living well is. It means experiencing God's best in every area of our life. You know, as a pastor, I interact mainly with Christians. Let me tell you my observation about Christians after 30 years in the ministry. And by the way, it's an observation that is backed by statistical facts. My observation is there's almost no difference between the lives of Christians and non-Christians. There's no difference. I mean, just look at the statistics. Christians file for divorce. They fall into bankruptcy. They are involved in affairs. They are overcome with addictions at exactly the same rate as non-Christians. There is no difference. Now, how do you explain that? I mean, why is it that there is such a disconnect between our beliefs and our behavior? Why is it that those of us who say we're prepared to live in the next world have so much difficulty living in this world? Well, there's an answer to that. I want us to look at the answer, first of all, in a negative way, then in a positive way. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Here's the reason there is no difference in the lifestyle of Christians and non-Christians. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Solomon says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. How many of you have ever heard that verse before? Where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, people quote that verse all the time and don't have a clue what it means. I've gone to speak at other churches before at a fundraising banquet for some building program and there in the gymnasium, you'd see a big banner, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And there's a picture of their new building there. Look, this verse has nothing to do with church building programs or goal setting. That's not what it's talking about. That word vision in Hebrew literally means a word or a revelation from God. Where there is no word from God, people perish. And we see that all around us. People, Christians even, are perishing. They are withering under unrelenting financial pressure, unfulfilling relationships, unrealized dreams, all because they have no word from God. They have no instruction or revelation from God. When our girls were little, we decided to get them a, a pet hamster, you know, to teach them responsibility and how to take care of an animal. So uh, I went out and uh, we went to the pet store one afternoon and we came home with the pet hamster. His name was Tiptoe. 
and uh, tiptoe came with a lot of uh, extra living expenses that you had to buy at the pet store, you know, the cage and all the stuff that went with it. So I came home and I assembled the cage and then put the little wheel for tiptoe to run around on and then put the feeding trough in there and then the water dispenser on the side and so forth, let tiptoe loose. And he was so excited. He, you know, spun around on the wheel for a while and then he went over to the food trough and then he came over to the water dispenser. And there was a little plastic container with a spout on the end of it and had a button on the end of the spout. And all Tiptoe had to do was put his tongue up against that button and the water would release. Well, Tiptoe didn't know that. So he started looking at that uh, water spout and he put his mouth around it and uh, that didn't work. And then he licked the side of the water dispenser. That didn't work. Forgetting I didn't speak hamster speak, I started yelling at Tiptoe. I said, you stupid hamster, you know, just, just push the button, push the button. All Tiptoe did was run and hide under the pine shavings, you know. See, for a lack of instruction, Tiptoe was in danger of perishing. He didn't know how to work that water spout. In the same way today, there are people who are perishing in relationships, in their finances, in their careers, in every area of their life because they haven't learned the secret for living well. And that secret in a word is the word wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the key that unlocks the door to experiencing God's best in every area of our life. You know what the word wisdom literally means? It comes from an Old Testament word, or Hebrew word, hakma. And literally, it refers to a skill. Wisdom is a skill. Just like Tiptoe had to have a skill in order to receive his needed water, we need skill in order to learn how to live life. In fact, it's interesting when you look at that word, hakma, wisdom in the Old Testament. It, it originally referred to the skill that the weavers had to weave the garments for the Old Testament high priest, Aaron. And in fact, in Exodus chapter 28, verse 3, we find these words, And you shall speak to all the skillful persons whom I have endowed with a spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, and, they may, and that he may minister as a priest to me. God said to these weavers, Now, I want Aaron's garments, his high priestly garments, to follow this precise pattern. And the reason that was so important was Aaron was a representative of Jesus Christ, the true high priest who was going to come. So God had some very elaborate and detailed patterns that these weavers had to follow. And their ability to follow God's pattern was called wisdom. That's why somebody has defined wisdom as the skill to follow God's pattern for every area of life. You know, that's what wisdom is. Living life according to God's pattern. If you're a wise person, you are one who patterns your life, your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your career after the pattern that is given in God's word. Now, let me say several things about this wisdom that God says is essential for living well. Notice a couple of truths here. First of all, jot this down. Wisdom is opposite our natural inclinations. The skill that God offers us for every area of our life is often opposite our natural inclinations. Haddon Robinson tells the story of one time working on his garage door one Saturday morning and he was trying to loosen a screw. So he was turning the screw counterclockwise. As he turned it counterclockwise, however, the screw 
tightened instead of being loosened. He got frustrated. A neighbor came over to help him and he said, well, Haddon, don't you realize that's a left-threaded screw. It's a reverse screw. It goes opposite the direction you would think. Haddon said, I've spent 50 years learning how to work a screw and now somebody goes and changes the rules. And yet he says the Bible is just like that. The Bible is kind of a reverse screw. Its wisdom is often opposite our natural inclinations. We saw a good example of that. Do you remember reading in the newspaper the story about the head of the men's basketball program at Rutgers University? He was fired for the way that he was treating the players. He was fired because of the way he dealt with his anger. You see, the world's wisdom says, if you're angry, go ahead and explode. Give full vent to it. If you are upset with somebody, unload on them. If you want to motivate them, yell at them. Learn to give as good as you get. That's the world's wisdom. But God's wisdom about anger is a reverse screw. It is opposite our natural inclinations. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When somebody yells at you, respond in a, a gentle way. Now you may be saying, well, that's a real sweet thought, pastor. But doesn't that verse belong more in a Sunday school classroom than a locker room? I mean, do you really expect a hard-driven college basketball coach to follow that kind of a nicety? Or think about what he suffered because he didn't follow God's prescription for living well. I mean, he lost his job worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. He was blasted in the press. He faces possible legal charges for the way he's dealt with these players, all because he had not mastered the art of living well in this one area of his life. Again, God's word says in Proverbs 19, verse 19, a man of great anger shall bear the penalty, for if you rescue him, you'll only have to do it again. Second truth about wisdom not only is wisdom opposite our natural inclination, but notice that wisdom requires effort. Since this skill doesn't come naturally to us, since it goes uh, opposite our natural inclinations, it, we have to search for it. It doesn't come naturally. For example, jot down Proverbs 2, verses 4 to 5. We read a portion of this just a few moments ago. And the writer says, if you seek her, that is wisdom, as silver, and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. We're just getting started in this new series called The Solomon Secrets, 10 Keys to Extraordinary Success in Life. In my opening message, I've given you a quick survey of the relevant topics we'll cover over the next few weeks on Pathway to Victory. With that in mind, I'm eager to send you a copy of my best-selling book that goes along with this study. It's also titled, The Solomon Secrets. This is the kind of book you can take on a business trip and devote your morning to reading one of the 10 secrets from Solomon. You'll see how the wisdom from this ancient book readily applies to whatever challenges you face today. My book comes with our thanks when you include a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. And then in closing today, I'd like to share a note from a grateful friend named Martha. She wrote, Pastor Jeffress, I recently lost both my parents within a span of five months. I've been overwhelmed with all that goes along with the loss of my parents. And hearing Pathway to Victory has helped me keep my focus on God, confirms my hope in Jesus, 
and encourages me to keep moving. Thank you. Well, thank you, Martha, for that encouraging word. And friends, your faithful support of Pathway to Victory is truly making an eternal impact on untold listeners just like Martha, who depend upon this daily program for their spiritual input. Your gifts are what make this program possible. Thank you so much for your generosity. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, you're invited to request a copy of Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book, The Solomon Secrets. Now, when you read this book, you'll discover that God wants you to experience success, not just in the next life, but here on earth as well. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. And when your gift is $75 or more, you'll also receive the complete Solomon Secrets teaching series on CD and DVD. It would make the perfect resource for a small group Bible study or Sunday school class. Again, call 866-999-2965 or visit ptv.org. You could also write to us if you'd like. Here's the address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Join us again Thursday for more timeless wisdom from the book of Proverbs, right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Join Dr. Robert Jeffress on an unforgettable trip to Israel. You've read about places like the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane in your Bible. And now it's time for you to see these remarkable sights for yourself. Join us on the Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel, April 25th through May 5th, 2023. To learn more and to reserve your spot, go to ptv.org.